morning, everybody, and welcome to another very special spring Easter edition of Ignite Radio Live. We're so excited to have you here with us tonight. If you're listening, and uh, hopefully you'll maybe hearing on Saturday at our Encore 2 p.m., we're excited particularly because of Luke 4. We're called, made in the image of Christ, and called to follow what Jesus does. How awesome that we are made in the image of God. And that uh, we're going to only fulfill our nature by studying and being attuned to what he did. But it's even better than that. He, He designed us for himself. He wants to dwell in our hearts and our minds. So what does Luke 4 speak of? Well, Jesus went in the desert. He battled the devil. We had, if you will, an experience of that during Lent. Now we know that that battle is not limited to just Lent. If you're listening to me now... Uh, We want to keep it really real. We have these ongoing struggles and battles, and God wants us to be very real about that. But anyways, Luke 4 tells us Jesus did the same. He battled the enemy. He battled the devil. But the battle is not the end. He came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you've had great catechesis, that's really awesome. And you're wondering, you know, gosh, I'm not experiencing this fire. I'm not experiencing this power that they had before. Well, you're in good company because those who had the best catechist in Jesus were the same. After three years of being with him, after experiencing his powerful miracles, his words, they're hiding out in the room upstairs. What's the point? It took something more. It took more than just hearing his word. It took more than just experiencing his miracles. And if you're like me tonight, you're asking the question maybe, how can I experience even more? How can this, you know, you've heard the story of chocolate and milk, you know, being stirred up. How can I stir up the grace of the sacraments that I have all the more for my marriage? for my family, for this world that God calls us to claim for him. So that's, if you will, the theme of tonight. We want to learn to pray with fire. You've heard the term playing with fire. We want to pray with fire and learn what that means as a solid Catholic in the fullness of our Catholic Church. So I'm very blessed to have with me tonight the man who will be leading us on our great journey on Pentecost, which I'm going to give you a quick commercial here, May 20th, our Praying with Fire conference. It's our fourth Praying with Fire conference. It will take place in the afternoon of May, uh, of May 20th on that Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, 1.30 to 6.30 p.m. It's a really packed, uh, wonderful day. We've designed it really uh, with some worship testimonial, some messaging, some equipping. It's a great balance. You're going to experience all that I'm saying here tonight. And we're going to be led by a wonderful man who is on the phone right now, Bart Schutz. How you doing, Bart? I'm doing good, Greg. Thanks so, for having me. You know, so excited to have you. And by the way, I, I contacted Bart about an hour ago uh, because we had a fall through in what we wanted to do with our radio program. And uh, he generously jumped in the seat and carved out some time. So we're, we're so grateful that you're with us. Um, first of all, for our listeners, I forgot to say this. We have a benefactor who has made possible a limited number of 50% discount tickets. So if you want to go right now and secure 50% off of your ticket price for this particular day, go to massimpact.us forward slash fire. I'll say it again. Register right now for this event, 50% off massimpact.us forward slash fire fire and the code after you go through and click whether it's a couple ticket or a person ticket by the way priests and religious are all free but if it's a couple ticket or an individual ticket click all the way through and it will ask you for a code simply input the code fire for 50 percent off we do hope that you'll join us and we'll be talking about that through tonight so anyways bart delighted to have you with us and um so we set this up of coming out of the desert and the power of the holy spirit and uh, bart another thing that we know we're challenged at as catholics we keep repeating it again because 
because we're challenged by it, is Revelations 12, 11. We're all aware of the enemy. We're aware that he his influence just by reading the paper, by seeing TV. We're aware of the influence of the enemy in our schools, in our work. Many of us in our marriages and homes, that the enemy hates that. We're aware of the influence of the enemy, and a good question should be, well, how do we defeat the enemy? It's very clear there. Revelations 12, 11. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb, which of course, the sacrifice of the mass. And this is our part in the word of their testimony. So that's how we're going to defeat the enemy by that living it out, certainly, but those occasions that we have appropriately to communicate the gospel in the way God calls us to, to those closest to us. So we're going to put our guest on the spot right now and uh, maybe just to give us a little bit of a backstory and a little bit of a teaser because you're going to hear the full testimonial, uh, very powerful testimony that my wife and I, by the way, and many in this area heard were blessed to be at uh, one of uh, Bart's events from the John Paul II uh, Healing Center. Bart, why don't you just share us, give us a primer, a little bit of your your, uh, conversion story. Yeah, great, great, thanks. Um, First of all, I loved your intro there with Luke 4 of Jesus, you know, after his baptism, goes into the desert, tempted, tested, comes out full of the Holy Spirit, you know, and then it was after that at the wedding, you know, the first miracle, turning water into wine, you know, and that's that's where it all started, really, you know, the mission of Christ that we're called into. You know, for me, um, grew up like a lot of people, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I was, I was uh, my family, we were all born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, Steelers uh, country. The way I, yeah, Steelers, man, Pirates. And, you know, the way I jokingly, you know, talk about that is, you know, we were you know, we were born in Pittsburgh, so therefore we have to love the Pirates. We have to love the Steelers. Um, the Penguins I'm not wasn't as sure about. You know, we had to love Heinz ketchup, Hershey's chocolate. Of course. And had to be Catholic, you know, and that's just kind of the way it was. And uh, I didn't didn't know anything different. I was just Catholic because culturally that's what I was. And uh, grew up, uh, went to Mass every Sunday, and uh, went to a Catholic middle school, went to a Catholic high school. Um, but when I started really searching for myself, uh, really just ended up serving myself, played college football, and uh, just lived that life of what I thought it meant to be a man, and uh, was just lost. Uh, didn't know my identity, didn't know who I was, didn't really know, didn't know who I was in Christ, certainly. Uh, was not deeply anchored in my faith. I had walked away from the church. And really, God, uh, I would hit low points, and then I would cry out to God at various times, and that would last for about a month or two, and then I would fall right back uh, into my ways, uh, just really serving myself. Mm -hmm. Football was was actually an idol to me as I look back, uh, and it was my whole identity. It was everything that I was and thought. It was my God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was actually after... Uh, after college that I went to camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was a free agent, uh, as guys like to call it, a sip of coffee. I didn't get the full coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I just got sipped. Um, And I was there in camp, and that's where where I uh, cried out to God and said, you know, Jesus, I know you died for me. I I know 2,000 years ago that you died and you you rose from the dead. Um, I believe that. I learned that growing up, but what good does that do me right now? And it was in that prayer I just cussed if you're real, please show yourself real to me. And I had no idea what he had in mind, and uh, I'm sure he's the one who stirred that prayer in my heart to begin with. I was just at a broken point where I was just ready. And um, 
I went a few weeks later. I was released from the team. My NFL dream came to an end, and I went on a, a men's weekend with my brother Bob. And it was there, uh, in my brother Bob's embrace, that I encountered God's love. And I heard him speak to me and say, Bart, I'm your father. Wow. I'm a father to the fatherless, and I love you. And I, and I just fell apart. The hardened exterior just crumbled, and I wept mm-hmm. like a baby. <laughs> Probably the first time I'd cried since my dad had left when I was five years old wow. that I remember, you know, other than a scraped knee. You know, it was just a deep sob. And in that moment, I, I just realized what I'd been looking for that I didn't know I didn't have, which was God's love, Father's love. And uh, it, it forever changed me. That was 29 years ago. Wow. And I'm just passionately in love with my father. And I uh, gave my life to Christ and committed myself to following him. I went on a journey through a large variety of the body of Christ, experienced the good, the bad, the indifferent. And uh, about... Five years ago, God called me and my family back into the church, and uh, and and really with a heart and passion uh, to see the church come into the fullness of our 2,000-year history, and I'm seeing God do some amazing things as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great day, day to be in the church. Bart, thanks for sharing that. That is so moving, and of course, uh, some of us have been privileged to hear you share that story, and how you do with such clarity and authenticity. And one thing that, uh, just stay, speaking to you folks, our listeners, um, a key theme of Bart and Bob's ministry is understanding that we're called. You hear the phrase, hurting people hurt people. Many of us have heard that. Sometimes, let's be honest, that's us. We're hurting others because we're hurt ourselves. And often we know it's others who are hurting us, and it gives us insight. Well, what are they hurting with? It might cause us to be maybe more merciful. Well, at the event that uh, Bart led uh, for the John Paul II Healing Center, the counterpart to hurting people hurt people is healing people heal people. And what's beautiful about Bart is, I'm just going to say this, is not simply a messaging, but he really and his team and the group embody a kind of wounded healer quality about them. There's a permission to look into our lives. There's not only a permission, there's an acknowledgement that God's grace is very operative in there. So share with me a little bit, Bart, about what struggles did maybe you have to come back to the church, and now maybe the, a little bit of a challenge, but uh, seeing that us reignite, if you will, that which is in our very roots. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, Greg. Um, I'll, I'll talk first just about the struggle, um, because it was. It was, you know, God first started speaking it to my wife. Um, I was actually trying to move my family and I out to Redding, California, if you're familiar with Bethel. I know mm-hmm. you are, but the yep. listeners. Um, and we had favor with some of their leaders, and, and uh, some friends of mine were actually talking about planting a church uh, with them. And so we had discussions about that and the window just didn't open up. And uh, the father made it very clear. That's not what he had. Mm. And God spoke to me about doing something with Bob. I'm like, okay, you know, Bob's my brother. I love him. We've done things together for, you know, many years in ministry, more ecumenical. Um, and Bob's ministry was specifically Catholic, deeply rooted in the Catholic faith. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with Bob? <laughs> and, uh, so we, we would wrestle through that, my wife and I, and then talk to Bob, and we'd wrestle with that together. Um, and then I started doing things, just kind of coming in at Bob's events and just kind of offering some ministry opportunities. Uh, and then it grew to doing more and more with him. And then uh, God started speaking to my wife. We actually had a priest over at our house, Father Mark Toops from home mm, at Thibodeau. Beautiful. And uh, he was at our house. He was, he was sharing the Healing Whole Person event with Bob, and we had him over for dinner. And... Um, Without me knowing it, my wife just says to, to Father Mark, says, 
And I feel like God's calling us into the Catholic Church. I looked at it, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she later said, look, God just put it on my heart. It just came out. I said, well, next time let's talk about it first. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, Father Mark's so gracious, and he, he, he gets it. He understands, and he understands me. And, he's you know, he he, he just kind of let it go. And But he knew. God was already speaking to him. God was speaking to Bob. God was speaking to several people around us. God was speaking to my wife. God was speaking to my children. Uh, and I was struggling. Uh, honestly, I was struggling. Um, and just for 11 months, I had uh, journaled and almost every single day uh, with the Father. And honestly, like, Father, why would you call me back to what I experienced growing up? Mm. Um, why why aren't you letting me have this that I've been experiencing? You know, which is just, honestly, it was just a vibrancy in the presence of God, the life of God and the presence of God. Mm. Um, you know, those things missing. Everywhere I went, there's things missing. Um, I, I just came to the conclusion that, you know, that's just the body of Christ. We're, we're not going to be perfected until we get to heaven. Mm. And um, I was okay with that, you know. And, and But there was places in my own heart, honestly, that I missed some of the things I grew up with. Uh, there was a lot I didn't miss, quite honestly. Mm. Um, but it was never, it wasn't coming from my own heart first. Um, and so I rested. I said, Father, why would you ask this of me? And um, so we finally, at the end of this 11 months, 11 months, Bob and I and Ken, Ken Eatman, who works with the JP2 Healing Center ministry with us, went up for a planned retreat with Father Mark. And uh, Father Mark said, Bart, forget about being Catholic. I was like, oh, thank you, Father. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he from said, a priest. Great. Yeah, from a priest. And he knew. He knew what he needed. He, he just he read my heart. I mean, that's that's the amazing thing about Father Mark. He just he, he knew how to reach me where I was. And... Um, he said, just go spend the day and explore your desires with the Father mm. and and ask the Father to share with you his desires. So I did. I was used to that. You know, that was, that was common language for me. And so I spent the day in the silent retreat with the Father. And the Father just kept speaking to me, things he had spoken to me for years, like out of the book of Haggai, you know, two little books, the prophet Haggai in the Old Testament, about God restoring his house and God filling his house with his glory. And the latter house would be greater than the former. And God was speaking to me things about transformation. And we know he was speaking to me about his passion and desire for his church. And he was speaking to me about, you know, the 2,000-year history of the church. And I was getting very excited as I was alone with the Father. And I came back with Bob and Ken and Father Mark, and I shared these things with him. And then he's, and I said to him, honestly, I said, but I still struggle with this, 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 and this, you know, about the Catholic Church. And mm-hmm. he said, I understand that. I understand that. And, uh, and then he asked me this pointed question. And he said, but Bart, what's the Father's ache and all of that? Wow. And it bypassed my mind. It went down to the depths of my being, wow. and I just started to weep from a deep place. I couldn't even understand it. I don't understand it today. And um, I just started to weep. And right, right then, the Father spoke to me. And, you know, God the Father, uh, inside my heart and spirit. And, and then Father Mark spoke the same exact words without knowing what the Father just said to me. And he said, Bart, I feel like the Father's inviting you to feel his ache. And I started to cry again. I said, that's exactly what he said to me. And I said, you know, I, I know that's what he's asking of me. And, um, I, I want to, I want to do that. I love my father. I want to obey him. So I called my wife and I said, listen, Father Mark's offering me confession wow. and communion to come back into the church. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you want me to wait? Cause my family was already ready. We'd already been meeting and, and going through the process. I, I just was struggling. I had these issues in my heart. I, I couldn't get past. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she said, no, go ahead, do that. And then when you get home, 
you know, we'll, we'll come in as a family. And so that's what happened. And it was a couple months later, we had a beautiful celebration, family, friends, um, with Father Mike, who was the guy who was there at the chirp weekend when I encountered the Father's Love 29 years ago. Wow. He's still the pastor of this church, and he brought my family in. You know, it was just a sweet time of feeling God's presence. You know, but then you asked me, you know, what are some of the struggles? Still, I, I honestly, honestly, I still struggle with some things. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times, just being candid with you, there's times I'll sit in Mass and I'll, I'll hear, you know, this is not everything I intended my church to be. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? I'm like, well, okay, what do I do with this, Father? You know what? Yep. And I'll, I'll say something to my wife and she'll just say, what's the Father's ache? I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to feel this right now. And, um, and so that, that's been my journey. But, you know, all of it has burned this passion inside of my heart to press into the Father, to get his heart. And I, mm-hmm. So when I say, you know, I have a passion for the 2,000-year history of the church, that's where it's coming out of. There's literally an ache that I honestly don't know what to do with sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing God do such amazing things. I mean, it just blows me away. And things I never thought, from, from what I experienced as a kid in the Catholic Church and right. Catholic middle school, high school, I never envisioned this would be happening. Um, it's beautiful, but I, I see it as fulfillment of God bringing us into the 2,000-year history of the church. I see it as fulfillment of things uh, Pope or St. John Paul II was speaking to um, about about what's to come. I think we're living in it. I agree. I agree. Thank you for that, Bart. You know, as I've been journeying with some very good brothers who are not Catholics, but very intentional uh, leaders, pastors, uh, gathering even once a month with probably 30 or 40 of them in this city who have a passion for revival. They pray over one another. They're not uh, parochial or um, territorial about their particular churches. I mean, I, it, is, it, it is such a great testimony and should be to Catholics in our community of being united with the heart of God for the church. Now, of course, I have an ache with that group of follow the truth relentlessly with integrity. Follow the truth relentlessly and with integrity and see where that leads the heart of the Father. And of course, you know, to many Catholics, um, and I hear you saying this also, it's, you know, rediscover this vitality of relationship with God. And uh, I I think if we're all really honest, um, let's just use the two simple words. There's truth and there's vitality. And isn't it the case that too often Catholics uh, presented with one or the other uh, rightfully, you know, they're choosing truth. They're choosing a fullness of the sacramental life, the apostolic succession, etc. But often, though, maybe others around us, and maybe even within us, we're saying, you know, I'm doing this, I believe this conceptually, but it really sometimes isn't alive for me. And I'm hearing you use language, um, and just maybe for our audience to maybe um, put some flesh in that, or maybe be really candid with us, when you speak of the Father speaking to use intimate relational terms, and maybe some folks may be thinking, you know, God doesn't quite do that. You know, I've done the Bible roulette thing, and, and that's worked for me, or maybe I had a sense, but people maybe on two levels don't really, Catholics don't have a sense that God is truly personal and engages us personally, in general. And secondly, what is that like? What was it like for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it just brings back memories when I was a kid, uh, sometimes sitting in my room and I would hear people talk about, they heard, they heard God speak to them. So I would sometimes in my room just go, okay, God, here's your opportunity, you know, speak to me. And I'm waiting for this booming audible voice mm-hmm. or for Jesus to show up at my, you know, in my room or whatever thing that I was imagining and, and just be more frustrated. 
you know, which honestly, that's part of what caused me to leave. I was like, well, you're not there for me. Mm. I keep calling out, you're not there for me. Mm. Little did I know that was smacking into my abandonment wounds related to my father leaving, mm. that I projected onto God the Father. But I just felt like, you're not there for me. You're not there for me. Um, and so it was interesting on that, in that encounter that I had 29 years ago in that men's retreat, um, I heard his voice. I felt his presence, which I now know was the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I heard his voice, but it was a still small voice. And it was deep within the interior of me. And I knew it was him. I just knew. I mean, I just knew that I knew. And it just transformed me. And it was that voice that said, but I'm your father. Mm. I'm a father of the father. And he just met me intimately. He mm. met me intimately. And then as I went to the priest for confession, I, I gave my life to Christ. And I, in, in that formed an, an intimate relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And I just have, have just cultivated that over time. And uh, but it's the stillness. You know, the scripture says, "Be still and know that I'm God." You know, it's the stillness. I think sometimes we're so busy, even in our religious activity, we're so busy doing things so you know, like Martha that we don't take the time just to sit and be still. I love talking about rich, uh, rich history of our of our faith. You know, the contemplative prayer. You know, and and just that getting quiet and getting still and even even seeing Jesus. You know, and uh, and having him before you, and having him speak before you, and it's rich in our church, it's rich in our faith. Mm-hmm. The things that I'm able to dust off that I didn't even know existed in my in my upbringing, mainly, honestly, because of my own lack of paying attention. <laughs> I just honestly, it wasn't, I don't even know if it was so much that what the church didn't give me as much as what I didn't pay attention to. It's very astute. But now it's like, I'm just kind of, wow, this is so rich. This is so rich. Our faith is so rich. If you take it all the way back, not even our 50-year history, our 100-year history, you take it back to our 2,000-year history, it's so rich. We've got this vast banquet, but are we really partaking of it? You know, my son Joseph kind of uses this, got it from someone else, maybe Bill Johnson or somebody, I don't know. But you could have a million dollars and still die in the streets starving. Because you have it, but you're not using it. And as you were speaking, I, I'm I'm always praying into this also, Bart. I'm 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 asking the question: Why are we not, if you will, with this fullness, this banquet in front of us, partaking? And it reminded me a little bit of last night. You know, the family we had a cross country meet, and two other kids were doing something else. And it's unfortunate for a Sunday, kind of <laughs> rare for a Sunday, and unfortunate. But um, as we were text, I know my other son was in a play. A lot of things. Anyways, we were excited to be back together again last night. And and one thing we'll do is once in a while, the local grocery market here is Kroger. We'll see if they have discount steaks. It's like a rare thing for us. If they've got them at discount, it's kind of, well, we're meant to have it. And so none of us had really eaten maybe even lunch. And so we're looking forward, one, to be together as a family, together, all kind of grouping together. But two, man, if we could get these discount steaks and I do them on the Weber grill, it's kind of a Wisconsin thing in me, looking forward to it. Um, I guess my point there is in the physical realm, we got that we are hungry, and that hunger within us was directed toward the satisfaction of that hunger in, a, in an epic way, a steak. And maybe the question is, are we aware of our hunger, spiritual, soul-filled hunger, and are we aware of that which fills it? I'm hearing you say in your life journey that you were, you were attuned to your hunger. You were attuned at different points, and even now, I suspect, to, to moments of a, of a soul hunger, and you knew that that stake, that analogously speaking, that, that, that you know, bringing that to God in the gift and the banquet that the church has is there to supply that hunger. Is that a fair analogy? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm picturing it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm picturing sitting around your Weber grill cooking that thing. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that, I, I love that. That's beautiful. I would say, for me, growing up, I wasn't hungry. Um, mm. Nor nor did I see a lot of hunger around me. Um, it, 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 it might have been there. Like I said, it was on me. I wasn't paying attention. Mm. Um, and But, yeah, I, that's what happened for me. I mean, that's the heart of my testimony. You know, I was living for someday aisle. You know, someday I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And I get to the pinnacle of what I thought would make me happy if mm-hmm. I can play in the NFL. And I'm I'm there at camp, and I'm miserable. I'm like, what the heck? I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with this. Yeah. I mean, what a, if anyone's been there, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough spot to be in. You've worked yeah. for this all your life, and it's not enough. And, and I'm like, gosh. And, but it, it, created me, it created a hunger and an appetite for something more. You know, it was the Catechism 27. You know, the desire for God is written in every human heart. God never ceases to draw man to himself. But only, only, only in God will man find the truth and the happiness that he never stops searching for. Someone could have told me that in high school, and they probably did. Mm. It would have gone in one ear and out the other. But when I was at that point, when I was just desperate, that's when I cried out. I said, God, I just need to know if you're real. And then when he showed up, and it showed himself real to me in a way that I didn't even know existed. Mm. It that hunger got met, but then what happened is the hunger increased. It's like in the That's natural, amazing. you know, the more we eat, the, the the more full we get, right? Like you got you had that steak, and then you were full. Yep. But in the kingdom, the more we eat of the things of God, the hungrier we get. That is true. That's so that, true. That hunger increases. That is so true. Folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live over the five stations of Annunciation Radio and on our podcast. And we're very blessed to have with us our guest, Bart Schutz. Bart is uh, evangelizing really throughout the country in many capacities. And not just a speaker, he's a guy who's he's, he's got a pastoral gift of connecting with real people, real hearts. He's a husband, he's a father, he's had a phenomenal journey in life. And uh, he wants to lead us on a journey. He wants to lead us on a journey on Pentecost Sunday of all days, May 20th, and we're inviting you to join us in this journey. We call it Praying with Fire, and again, you can find out more at massimpact.us forward slash fire, and we're also offering a few tickets left, uh, 50% off if you use the code FIRE, very simple, FIRE. So, Bart, um, tell us a little bit about the John Paul II Healing Center, and just for our listeners, uh, Bart's brother, Bob, some of you may know, he has uh, is a great author and a great movement leader himself. He tells a story in his book, Be Healed. He's got a newer one called Be Transformed, and a number of other books, but those two have really been uh, making their rounds, I think, throughout the country, but certainly in this area, I purchased 80 different copies of Be Healed and shared them with many priests, um, just because it tells Bart's and Bob's story, the story of God alive and their journey and their struggle and their brokenness and the real healing uh, anchored in the church, anchored in Jesus Christ that he that He has poured out for us. Yeah, um, as you said, you know, it originated uh, within Bob's heart. Um, you know, he uh, 30-some years of a marriage and family therapist. Um, he was counseling people um, as a therapist would, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was at, on that chirp weekend that he and I went on together, the men's event, um, that he told me, he said, Bart, it's my birthday. I said, okay, great. Oh, gosh, I forgot your birthday. And he said, no, my spiritual birthday. Okay, mm. I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> it was then that the Holy Spirit, you know, just descended upon him, you know, and, and transformed him, and then his, his, his counseling changed, his whole private practice changed. Things that he was uh, witnessing happening uh, that took years uh, 
began to, to happen in a meeting. And and he just started, the Holy Spirit just started changing his whole practice and everything he did. And then over time, he started um, being invited by uh, seminaries for him to come in to speak or some uh, priests for him to come in to speak. And next thing you know, he's uh, he's encouraged to hold an event uh, in Tallahassee. And the ministry at that time was called TOB Healings, and you know TOB Theology of the Body uh, from John Paul II. And um, started doing those those events, the healing old person, uh, restoring the glory of events, demand to grow, traveling around the country. At that point, I'm helping him with the ministry. The man continued to grow. Somewhere in the midst of that, the name changed to John Paul the two John Paul the Second Healing Center. And uh, more directly to answer your question, um, you know, the name you know in Bob's heart, he has a a, 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 a real passion and desire. Uh, for the works of John Paul II, um, mm-hmm. and um, even a devotional in ways, if you will. And um, it became the theology of the body was a portion of John Paul II. And Bob started to feel like there's more of John Paul II that I feel that lives within the Father's heart, that lives in Bob's heart. And so the ministry took on the name John Paul with Two Healing Center uh, to take in more of the fullness of his in his way, and um, the ministry from there just has, has grown and blossomed to the point where now, you know, to get an event where you have where you get the team, it's two years out, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're doing a lot more, a lot more things, doing a lot of different events. The only person was the event you all experienced there in Lansing, and then the day that I do in Lansing, but we offer a lot of different events. Um, and then we were even talking just on this trip, we just got back from Milwaukee, and we were talking about uh, things there that we feel like just the works and what's in the heart of the father related to John Paul II. And, uh, you know, particularly the things that burn in my heart, you know, the new Pentecost, uh, the new springtime, you know, and it's, uh, we're excited about what God's even preparing us to do and moving forward with what he desires to do. It's just exciting, but it's exciting what God's doing in the church. As I said to you earlier, I, I think we're living in a day of the fulfillment of some of the things that, that, uh, Pope John Paul II spoke of, uh, I would even say prophesied, that we're living in in this hour. That's that's so awesome. Uh, you know, what, what struck me, folks, as you're listening to us, was this insight uh, really taken from uh, uh, Pope Benedict, but it's in uh, really kind of woven into um, the healing work of the John Paul II Healing Center. But redemption understood at a sufficiently deep level is a work of healing. Redemption understood at a sufficiently deep level has to do with healing. When we think of redemption, at least when I did, you know, okay, Jesus did this act on the cross, and it remained a little bit ethereal for me. You know, what does it mean to be, you know, redeemed to my Father in heaven? I mean, it takes a supreme act of imagination to know the magnificence of going from being condemned as a child of Adam to being restored as a child of Christ. I mean, my house is the same. My work is the same. I got the same physical body. I know that my soul, something's going on there that's different, and certainly that's awesome. But when we speak of healing, well, I think it's it's helpful to kind of maybe think about not just physical healing, which is often the only way we typically apply it, but psychological, emotional, relational healing. In fact, you know, I'll tell you, Bar, what really struck me uh, at the weekend that you presented with Sister Miriam um, was this this vision, the sense that the grace that God has for us is like a Niagara Falls of grace. It's it's just overwhelming, and it, and it was tremendous power and force. It's one of the wonders of the world, and, and that's pressing into our hearts. Our hearts have been fashioned for that. 
But that's happening all the time, but we've got these obstacles in the way. We've got junk in the way, and the junk that's in the way, all of us have it, by the way. I don't care how successful you are materially or what you own or, or what position or power you have. We've all got the stuff in the way. And uh, this is really the work of recognizing what are those logs from our history, from our roots, and getting it out of the way so we can truly experience what we proclaim. To me, that, I'll be honest, as a husband, father, seven beautiful kids involved in this ministry, I want to experience tangibly what we profess. I want to experience tangibly what Mass is all about, that this blessing comes through brokenness. And you guys, I have to say, opens a door, I think, for all of us to see that this is quite tangible, that this affects every aspect of our lives. And then, of course, that particular weekend, we had um, a sorrowful chapter in your own family life going on at the same time as Bob wasn't even able to join us and was, in yeah. some sense, called to live what he'd been writing about. How is that? How is that for you? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the event you're speaking of, uh, actually, just before that, uh, we had lost our father uh, who had passed away. Which there's a lot of stories I can tell you in that the God's redemption uh, and healing and restoration there. And then um, the week that we went up there, you know, Bob was supposed to go there with Sister Miriam and I, uh, and Bob uh, had to back out the last minute or close to the last minute because of the condition of his wife, mm. um, who uh, had a condition that, that took place in her in her mind and her brain uh, that was deteriorating her brain out of uh, the blue. rapidly. Yeah, out of the blue, and within four weeks uh, from from diagnosing it, uh, she had passed away. And uh, so Bob's now widowed, and uh, it was it was painful and difficult um, for all of us. Um, and uh, but the beautiful process you talked about redemption, redemptive suffering. Um, and I don't believe Christ has called us to a life of suffering. He's called us to a life of redemptive suffering. Suffering mm-hmm. is our condition, our fallen nature. Uh, Christ redeemed it through His death, through His resurrection. And so watching that with Bob and his children, you know, we'd go over to his house and. Margie was just couldn't even move there on the couch, and mm. you know, oftentimes Bob would be there laying down next to her, arm in arm, and his daughters would be there laying on the other side. Uh, the grandkids would be so crawling on her on her feet and all over the place, and just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture of God's redemptive suffering. Um, and Bob, if he was speaking, would tell you uh, just what a beautiful experience that was. Uh, painful, difficult. He's lost his wife. Uh, they've known each other since high school, um, but uh, beautiful redemption, and uh, it, it's hard to explain that. You know, we went through that also with our brother, uh, Tim Bob's book that you were talking about, Be Healed. Um, it's been quite a few years now, over 20, um, that he had died, and we saw that happen there as well. You know, um, just God's grace, God's presence, uh, his healing, and so Bob's living in that. He's living in that grace. Um, he's... Uh, He's, he's walking through this very in a very beautiful way. He's now back on the road ministering. Like I said, we just got back from Milwaukee. Amazing. Um, and just a lot of healing that has been taking place as a result. God works everything to good. Thank you for sharing that. So, Bart, you've been on the road with Bob. You've had these various events. Can you share a little bit about how you're seeing, maybe even Catholics in particular, experience this healing and this transformation? Oh, man. <laughs> Honestly, it's blown me away, Greg. Um, I, I shared with you, you know, my struggles of coming back into the church. I couldn't see uh, what God had in mind. Um, I only saw my struggles, speaking of barriers. <laughs> I saw my own barriers and struggles. 
um, I couldn't really grasp uh, the goodness of the Father's nature in calling me uh, back into the church. I couldn't see uh, the things that I'm getting to see now. Uh, now I have much more understanding of <laughs> the uh, the Father was inviting me into. You know, I, I think of John 15, 15. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I no longer call you servant, uh, for a servant does not know his master's business. But I call you friend, and as friends, uh, you know, I reveal to you the secrets of my Father's kingdom, of my Father's business. And, and see what the Father's doing right now, to see uh, the hunger uh, within the church. You know, we've been through a tough time. You know, it, it's not news to any of us. We've been through some public humiliation. Mm. Um, there's the scandals. You know, we were just in Milwaukee, and they were they were deeply hit uh, by some of the sex scandals. Mm. And, and um, the whole church has, right? So uh, as hard as that was, and as humiliating as that was, um, we're on the other side of it now. And seeing healing and redemption and restoration, and what it's done is it's created, from my observation, it's created a deep hunger. Hmm. It's created an awareness that, hey, what we were doing before, we need to change some things. Uh, we don't have it all together. There's something we need. We're hungry. I'm seeing in priests, you know, we do priest events, and uh, they come here and we spend time with them, and it's beautiful. And I hear their hearts, and there's a hunger. There's a fear of the Lord. You know, I, I need to deal with these things in my heart. Um, there's a hunger in the whole, the whole, the whole church, and um, because of that hunger, um, that hunger, it's like it's calling on the presence of God. And so, at these events, um, He's just showing up. When I say He's showing up, of course, He shows up in the Eucharist. He's showing up also tangibly. You know, His His presence, uh, His manifest presence in the atmosphere. Um, he's showing up. People are receiving a deep healing at a deep emotional level, as we were talking about before. Also physical healings with no one touching them. Mm. Um, deep encounters with the, with the presence of God. Uh, and it's beautiful. Uh, you know, just to stand up before, uh, you know, two, three hundred Catholics and, and, and share with them, you know, how I encountered the Father. And then see the hunger for them to encounter the Father. Or to see their desire to live into the fullness of their confirmational graces, which I think mm. we'll touch on uh, on that Pentecost Sunday there with you, is to see that hunger and then to see uh, Jesus show up in a way, um, almost as if he's walking up and down the aisles and touching people and hearing the testimonies. You talked about the, the power of a testimony earlier, uh, to see and, and hear the testimonies of how the Spirit of God touched them. Uh, it's just, honestly, it's just blowing me away. I, I don't know. I, every time I go, wow. I, I, I'm amazed this is happening. You got you know, your book coming? The is, there a Bart Schutz, is there a Bart Schutz book in the making? <laughs> Stories? You know, Stories from the road? Yeah, there's, you know, I, I've probably got about five of them that have been <laughs> sitting on my computer that I've not yet yeah. felt. Uh, the father released to do, but yeah, there's there's probably a book coming. That I don't know when. That's awesome. When the father tells. There tend to be kind of two types of groups, and and one is sort of the good soldier Catholic group, very faithful, very devout 
don't really yeah. even care necessarily about things like vitality or experience or emotions, and they're solid. I mean, they're the kind you want. Yeah, yeah you want shoulder yeah. to shoulder with you, right? Um, now, th yeah. there is a heartache in many of them, maybe in understanding more fully that um, this God uh, does want us to experience Him, and certainly Mother, we know Mother Teresa in the last, you know, seven, eight years of her life, and even St. John of the Cross and others give us this great wisdom of the desert and the darkness that yeah. cause us to love Him purely. Yeah. So we get all that. The good soldier, absolutely, yeah. but maybe some of them are suspicious like i don't and a good i mean they're an anchor they're they're cautionary sure. note against the sure. other side which might be i'll just say dopamine junkie society you know and and oh, so yeah. so maybe speak you know i'm interested in your thoughts as you see a culture that maybe has come to associate an encounter with god with the next new yeah. and exciting experience pining for yeah. it in places uh their phones and the media and everything else and i'm just going to state this and just get your thoughts on it but um the struggle that we all have to see every new ordinary moment as an okay custom design retreat as an occasion of encounter with God. Yeah. Great, great point. Great question. You know, as you're saying that I'm thinking of Bob and I, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where we both come from. You know, Bob is your faithful, devoted, you know, routine guy. Um, he is faithful to the church, has always been faithful to the church, altar boy growing up, you know, mass, Catholic schooling. I think he had a little bit of a season where he went and explored, you know, a couple of things, but has always been that faithful guy mm. uh, anchored to the church, loving the sacraments. You know, his book, Trees Transformed, about that and the sacraments. Um always always that faithful and 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 it's 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 beautiful the church has been it's been carried on by those faithful um deep 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 gratitude for the faithfulness uh but even in the midst of bob's faithfulness uh the holy spirit kind of snuck up on him <laughs> and uh and 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 met him in a way that worked for bob um and and was gentle and came in a way that worked for Bob and then, then slowly grew Bob uh, mm. over time. Me, I'm more the guy who um, I'm, I, I'm into experience. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if I, I'm kind of like this, this generation. Really, wild at heart. You know, like, yeah, man. Yeah, wild at heart. It's like if it, if it speaks to me, if it meets me in the heart, if it's an experience, then I'm going to accept it. And if it's not, I'm not, you know, and that, and I, that has all of its flaws in it, you know, and I'm very aware of all those. Now that I'm almost 55, you know, I've been refined a good bit in those areas, and I really welcome the anchoring and the foundation, uh, the stability and the faithfulness that our church presents and offers. Uh, we both come at that from two different ways. It reminds me we were in a seminary. I don't know if I told this to you before, uh, but you know, it reminds me we were in a seminary one time, and this was, I don't know how many years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, and I was with Bob, and the seminarians had a conflict among themselves, and I, I guess this is common in some seminaries. Uh, there was those who called themselves the tra the traditionalists, and there was those that called themselves the charismatics. And they had this mm -hmm. friendly banter going back, and mm -hmm. you know, we're chatties, we're charismatics, you know. And 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 so they asked Bob. They put him on the spot, kind of the way I see the people put Jesus on the spot, you know. And they put Bob on the spot, and they said, "So Bob, what are you?" And uh, Bob says, "Guys." <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a ridiculous argument. You know, we're, we're not traditionalists. We're not charismatics. Mm. We're Catholic. Amen. 
and as Catholic, yeah. we're whole. And we believe in the fullness of the 2,000-year history of the church and all of its rich traditions and sacraments and, and also the life of the Spirit that came to the church on the day of Pentecost. And we believe in all of it. And we're not supposed to be divided and separate those things out. And I went, wow, Bob, good wisdom. Glad they didn't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really awesome. I I do think a challenge, and I'm grateful for that that insight. And let's face it, um, a challenge to each of us, and I kind of frame it this way, to my wife, to my kids, to those we reach, are we open to all? God desires for us. You know, do we realize that God has the banquet? He wants to pour it out, but it requires, you know, a little bit of transparency and vulnerability and openness. And let's just put it on the table. Yep. There are folks who maybe have experienced different experiences that may have been off the grid, right? May have been off the rails on the crazy train to borrow from our brother Ozzy. Um, there are legitimate examples historically that may have caused people to be, if you will, just good soldiers and to kind of maybe reject I'll just say it, life in the spirit, an authentic life in the sure. spirit. Now, how, how did you experience, though, maybe coming back to the Catholic Church, the beauty of the teaching of the church in these regards that gives oh. us an anchor, right. so it's not just anchored in my emotions or what I feel, but an invitation, a vision, an image of what it means to be fully alive, to be fully human, uh, as revealed by Christ. How did that affect you? Yeah, great, great question, Greg, and, and loaded, loaded questions um, that I think are right at the heart of where the church is right now. I, I was mentioning to you that we, we do events with priests, you know, and, and um, we, we, we get, they're vulnerable with us. They feel safe and we're able to hear their real heart. And one of the things I've heard is I've met with several of these priests, sometimes in the group of them, sometimes just the one-on-one, is some of them have been, have been turned off from the, quote, charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really trusted it. And, you know, and I've heard, some in the church criticize that or criticize priests. They're not open. But as you hear the hearts of these priests, you know, their, their job is to, is to protect the sheep and the pastors. And they, there's been some stuff that are weird. It just needs to be owned. I mean, there's just been some things that are out there. Uh, and so those faithful uh, that have that stability and that faithfulness, they're like, they don't want to see that influence and effect. Mm-hmm the richness of our church. Um, so the protecting some of these priests, you know, they've, 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 they've closed off to it. But as they've experienced the authenticity of the, of the life of the Spirit, and they've already, it, it, they resonate with it because they experienced it um, in different places of their life. Um, when they experience the authenticity of it, they're like, well, of course I'm open to the Holy Spirit. Of course I'm open what the Spirit of God wants to do. I just don't want that that I saw. And maybe they mm-hmm. wrongly judged it. Maybe mm-hmm. they rightly judged it. Um, and there's a mix of camp there. But I have one priest that, that asked, he said, so what do you tell people that ask if this ministry is charismatic? I said, I don't know, Father. What would you say? And as we talked back and forth, you know, we both kind of came to the conclusion together. Um, and I shared that story to share with you about being in a seminary between the Tradies and the Charismatics. Yep. And I said, you know, I don't consider myself charismatic. I don't base my faith on something that happened over the last 100 years, even after the Pentecostal movement or the charismatic movement. I consider myself Catholic. And as a Catholic, as I said before, I believe in the fullness of the church, traditions, sacrament, and the life of the Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost. John Paul II was calling for a new Pentecost. That's not calling for some weird thing. 
That's calling for the life of the Spirit, for the church to be open, for the Holy Spirit to be able to move. Things like that Father Mark Toops I was telling you about, he put his hand on my chest one time about eight years ago. And he said, Bart, you carry the grief the Holy Spirit has felt in the church for the past 2,000 years. And again, I cried. Oh. I'm like, what in the world is going oh. on with me? <laughs> That's beautiful. Odd. And as I asked him more about it, you know, it's like the Spirit of God. You know, after like the first 300 years of the church, there's been, there was some weirdness that happened. And they had prophecy and different things, and the church overcorrected it. And, and that's our tendency. You know, things we don't understand, we tend to push away. Um, and, and yet God, just like you said, God is desiring us all as Catholics, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, to open ourselves to the full mission of Christ. You know, the very origins of confirmation is, goes right back to Pentecost. And, and that's what our confirmation, the sacrament of our confirmation, our sacrament of baptism is, is our salvation, and our sacrament of confirmation is the life and the spirit of God. But we don't know that. We're not aware of that. So part of what I'm doing is I'm sharing, uh, I'm sharing the truths of the catechism um, with the church. And as we're, as we're embracing this truth, um, the openness is there. But we, the faithful need to have it anchored and, and, and secure in the teachings of the church. And when we take it away from that, and it's not anchored in, that, in the teachings of the church, they're not comfortable. But as soon as it's anchored in the 2,000-year history of the church, and you bring the catechism of what the catechism says, um, most of us faithful are like, yeah, of course I want that, including the priests. And that's what I'm experiencing. Well, Bart, I'm so excited about you just spending this time with you, and really I kind of view it as a big party, a big family reunion gathering of all of those in this in this region here, this whole Northwest Ohio includes Amen. Michigan, maybe Indiana, and just gathering and being real and being led more deeply into God's love and his treasures in our lives. And the more you're speaking, I'm just, I'm hungry for that. Um, it does raise a kind Amen. of, you know, I'll say a perennial question that my wife and I in this movement were really kind of leaning into, and what's that? It's that now versus 30 years ago, there's much more Catholic programming. There's more Catholic media. You know, it's my experience that, that there's a, an additional challenge, and that is that maybe we become or run the risk of becoming Catholic program junkies. Now, what does that mean? It means we go from one event to another, and they're awesome, and they're powerful, and we've been to Crescio and Chirp mm-hmm. and Ignite and Axe and Tech and all these things, and they're great, and we speak of the impact, and we, we, we thank God for that encounter. But at some point, it seems to me that that some of us, maybe many of us, maybe most of us kind of get into cruise control and we get accustomed to these words and they don't overflow maybe yeah. or they cease to overflow from those moments. And so we're hanging on the hook of that great those great people at that place during that weekend and that time, but we're missing oh, yeah. the, the breakthrough, the breakthrough into my marriage that I go back to, my family that I go back to with the kids who are playing their video games and devices and seem far gone or yeah. my wife was working. And uh, I mean, that's the reality of it. Good hearted people love Christ, had the experience. So my hard question to you since I've been throwing you hardballs and been hitting them out of the park all day long, and I know you're going to do more on this event is, you know, speak to the light switch factor that gets people from being event Christians or program. Christians into living it? Another good question, Greg. I told you you asked good questions. Well, thank um, you. You know, I think I said earlier, you know, I've experienced almost every flavor of the body of Christ, you know, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Um, one of the things that happened for me is, you know, I mean, I experienced some amazing, amazing things, uh, amazing events, amazing conferences um, where God just has done amazing things. And, um, but that, that's what was part of what was happening for me is I would go home and I was 
longing for that experience again. And and then I was looking forward to even in a church I was a part of, you know, I was looking for, well, this week we experienced God do this. Mm. How's he going to outdo that next week? Mm. You know, and I started to come with that kind of consumer mentality of, you know, I want another experience. I want another experience. Again, you were talking about the faithful. It's the beautiful thing of the faithful. They're not they're not swayed by this or that experience. They're faithful to the truth, you know. And and um, I, I've needed that in my life. I look at it as banks and river. You know, if you have banks without water, it's dry. I love that image. And sometimes the church can be that, you know. But if you have water without banks, you got a flood. And some parts of the church have been that in my experiences. Uh, parts of me have been that. Um, and it's like I'm looking for, okay, so where are the banks in the river? And I, and I just feel like our, our faith, the, the Catholic faith has that in its working, has that in its, in its very fiber. The, the, the banks, the deep, rich tradition, the liturgy, you know, the sacraments, the movement of a mass, you know, those are banks. Um, we also need the river. We need the life. We need the spirit. And so for me, what, he's, what the Lord's been doing in me that I didn't know I needed uh, in bringing me back into the church is bringing me more of that, the banks and the stability, that I'm not living for experience from, from this experience to that experience, although I, I still love an experience. Um, um, he's grounding me more um, and, and getting more grounded in the truth of our faith and, and the discipline of our faith. Um, and those aren't the things that have come naturally mm-hmm. easy to me. Those are things he's had to work into me. Um, but I see the benefit of that. And I think, you know, there is an error that I think, like you said, the faithful, some of them are trying to protect. Look, guys, let's not get out there and get flaky. You know, let's, let's not just look for an experience one after another. Let's not forget the richness of our church. And they're right. And and yet, I would say to the faithful, and let's not forget the life of the Spirit right. in the midst of that. And and how do we find that balance? Um, and I, I think we're in a season, in a, in a move of the church where that's happening, and I'm seeing that hunger increase. I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, beautiful. Right on. And obviously, it's a seed to be planted, because I, I think we're all in that right in that place. We're right at that place of yes. li- living what we, we profess. Are. We're li- We're wanting to live fully what we profess. We're wanting to believe that the abundant life that is spoken of in John 10.10 10 aren't just nice words, but to discover that and, right. and to mature in it. Um, folks, so blessed yes. to have you with us tonight. Ignite Radio Live. We're winding down very quickly. I'm going to just ask my brother Bart in a moment here to lead a prayer as we as we land this. I invite you to join us for our Praying with Fire conference. It's May 20th, uh, Pentecost Sunday, 1.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at St. Joan of Arc Parish. And we do have a few 50% off tickets left. 50% off, folks. Where can you go to get those? Go to massimpact.us forward slash fire. Massimpact.us forward slash fire. And uh, use the code when you go through there, F-I-R-E, fire. So, Brother Bart, great to have you with us. I'm going to invite you just to kind of land us now in prayer. I'll start this prayer with the transition of Jesus' words um, from Luke 12, 49. Jesus says, I have come to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already ablaze. Mm. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bring us into your desires of what it is you desire to do, Lord, for this particular event, but for the church, for what you're doing in this day, and what you're doing in this hour. Uh, may your desire be fulfilled um, for, for your church, for your people, to be set ablaze 
with your love, with your presence, with your abundant life. Father, we thank you. You're such a good father. Mm. That's more than just a nice song. You are a good and loving father. I thank you. I'm always grateful uh, for when you reached down and encountered me with your love. And I pray that you reach down and encounter every listener and every person within the church with your amazing. Show us your love, Father. Show us your love. You're so good. You're so good, Father. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done through your death, through your resurrection. We can have a relationship with you and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And just ask that you would continue to woo and draw your church and just help us to represent you as you truly are. Forgive us for the ways that we're not representing you in your fullness. And just continue to do your work within our hearts so that we can represent you for who you truly are. Lord, I thank you you didn't leave us as orphans, but you sent your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, to live within us, that we are your temple. Holy Spirit, just move and have your way. Draw the hearts of those that you're wanting to encounter more of your fire and your love and your touch. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in the earth in this hour, especially to continue to have your way. And Lord, we ask also uh, that we have hearts, much like Mary, and that we can give our fiat, that we can surrender to your will, to your ways, to your word. I thank you for the saints who've gone before us, the great cloud of sweat, the great cloud of witnesses that surround us even now. Just draw your people to you, Lord. Have your way. We thank you for this privilege. Ask your blessings upon Greg and his marriage and his family and their ministry and upon the whole church. We thank you, Lord. Bless us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Bart, and uh, all of you listening to us. So blessed to be united with you on this great mission of seeing revival, of seeing God's kingdom come here. May God abundantly bless you. So hungry, so hungry for more. Can't stay where I've been. Can't stay.